Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. I believe one of the best ways we can do that is building a healthy foundation for our lives. Building a healthy foundation for us as people, in our marriages, in our families. And I'm really excited, as you can see today, I don't have to share the stage alone, but I'm gonna help, if you can help me give honor where honor is due, I'm gonna be able to speak with uh, my very closest friend and who helps pastor this thing alongside me and has been there every step of the way, and she's gonna come bring some great wisdom today. Would you give a good shout and clap for my wife, Pastor Adrian, as she comes up here today with a special guest in tow as well. Hey, buddy. We're gonna grab a seat up here and we're just gonna take some time to have some conversation with you as we pray together. Here you go, that's yours. At our little coffee table here and our little stools. And this is Teddy in here. If you guys have not met him yet, he is five months old as of yesterday. Oh yeah. Yeah, which is really exciting. So we've made it. All It's easy pickings from here. No, just kidding. Because we have a five-year-old too. And we know how crazy and difficult things can be. But we're gonna jump right into this today if you wanna get uh, your notes out. Uh, This is, like I said, week two of a collection of talks that we've entitled As For Me In My House. And where does that come from? Well, before I give you the title of today, on your notes there, you can see it comes from Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, which says this, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And I want you to know today you're building a house. You're building a house in your personal life, in your marriage or future marriage, and in your future family. And I need you to know today, the best decision I can encourage you to make this morning is to ask for me and my house, we are going to choose to serve the Lord. As for me and my decisions and for my family, we are going to serve and trust what God says. There are a lot of options out there. Seems like the more and more we live and culture becomes overwhelming, it's kind of like Baskin Robbins out there, 37 flavors of different ways you can live your life. Well, I just want to tell you that all those will leave you wanting more. All those will leave you hungry again and empty again. But the only thing that will lead to full fulfillment and blessing every day of your life is what God has promised us through his word. And so as for me and my house, this is what I'm going to build my life on. And would you pray with me today as we step in to this conversation? Adrian, would you open us up just in a word of prayer as we step into our conversation this morning? Of course. Thank you, Lord. God, thank you that you're holy. Thank you that you are unchanging yesterday, today, and forever. So that when we open up our word, um, when we open up our Bibles, God, and we hear from you, we know that it is unshakable. So today, I pray that you would build an unshakable church. I pray that as we hear from your word and we hear about these foundational truths, God, that we will build our house upon the rock. Yes. God, that you would speak truth right to our heart, that it would take hold and it would not leave. It wouldn't go in one ear and out the other. That we would be hearers of the word, doers of the word, because you are holy. Speak to us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Would you do me a favor, Local City, and give a shout to everybody watching for Local City online today. Come on, let them know that we're glad you're here. Wherever you're watching from, we're glad you're here as well. You're part of the family. Well, as we said before, uh, this is the title of the collection of talks is asked for me and my house. And today's conversation is centered on this idea of house rules. 
I don't know if you've ever been to someone's house before or played a board game with someone before at their house, but sometimes there are house rules that they follow. This is specific to one of the board games maybe you've played before called Monopoly, right? There's a lot of house rules with Monopoly, especially when it comes to the free parking space. Like some people put money in the middle of the board and every time you gotta pay a tax, you go in there and if you land on free parking, you can take that. Other people, it's just what it is, free parking. You don't have to go to jail or anything. But there's all these different house rules, right? Maybe you have house rules where when people walk into your house, they gotta take their shoes off. Okay, that's fine, I'll, I'll submit, I'll do that because it's your house, right? Or you gotta use a coaster on the coffee table and people get upset because it leaves a ring, it's cool. I'll respect your house rules, all right? Well, God has definitely identified some specific house rules and first we wanted to take a moment and introduce you to, again, one of them is here with you on stage, but introduce you to our house, which is this picture of our family from when Teddy got dedicated yeah, he looks like a little Shout old... Shout out to the creative team. <laughs> yeah, a little old man baby right there. But that's our five-year-old son, Shepard, who is over having a great time in kids' church right now. I want you to let you know with the conversations I have with Shepard every single Sunday, it is not babysitting or childcare back there. Your kids are learning the Bible and worshiping Jesus, and he's being introduced to them as their very best friend who loves them so much, and our kids' team does such a great job. I will tell you, on the way into church today, Shepard is arguing with me, no, Mom, I know Jesus. I know him, not you, I do. So they're meeting the Lord. Yes, and a couple weeks ago we had Baptism Sunday. He was out there helping me, well, helping me uh, baptize the people. And he said, Daddy, when can I get baptized? I'm like, oh, man, I'm just crying at that question. But I gotta, you got to age a little bit, a few more years, so you actually know what the baptism means. But it's amazing to raise our family in the house of God. And what we wanted to do today is give you some things that we've learned about the foundations in our life about our personal foundations, about our marriage foundations, and about our family foundations. And so the first one, is I'll have Adrian kick it off, is our personal foundation. What are some things when it comes to a verse that we hold on to and a statement that, we've hold, that we hold on to that has become a personal foundation in our lives? Yeah, this one is huge for me. It comes from this Bible verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, yes. and he will make your path straight. Whether you are living life single and ready to mingle, whether you are <laughs> married or a parent in this room, the rule I've discovered for my life, uh, kind of learned it the hard way, but sure. is I am never going to have a better idea than God's way. Amen, that's great. I'm. I'm never gonna have a better idea. I can strive over it, and trust me, I've never known this more than after having small kids in the winter of 2022. <laughs> Anyone else in the room? Sick yeah. children every five seconds? Okay, just me? Good, good, it's attack of the enemy then. Um, but, <laughs> but having to truly trust the Lord of like, God, you love my kids more than I do. Mm -hmm. They are more secure and better in your hands. I've done everything I can possibly do. Mm -hmm. Worrying and striving is not going to heal them faster. Worrying and striving is not going to make debt go away. Worry and striving is not going to bring the peace and the healing that I'm searching for right now. The only thing that will is submitting as unto the Lord. Yes. Because there's verse after verse that promises, like, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Yes. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. I have those promises. So I know 
it's so hard sometimes. <laughs> but standing on those promises and just submitting, like this verse says, and submit it to the Lord, and he will make your path straight. Yes. He, it's better in his hands every single time. And then fringe benefit, you get to walk in peace. Yes. You get to walk without the weight of the world on your shoulders because my household will be submitted to the Lord. Because when I know that I'm walking in obedience, when I know that I've had the prayer of God take this, it's better in your hands. I give it to you. I know that I'm going to end up in God's in God's way, in God's yes. will for my life. I don't have to worry, is this what God wants? Is this what God has for me? Are you walking in obedience? Yes? Yes. Okay, have you submitted it as unto the Lord? Okay, yes. Then you're in God's will for your life. Yes. I never have to worry, God, is this what you have for me? Because I've been following him. Okay, next yeah. step. Okay, next step, I'm where God has me. Yes. So it's so much more of a release, so much less anxiety, so much less striving, submitted as unto the Lord. Because I'm never going to have a better idea. The creator of the universe got me. Yes, that's right. And I'm not smarter than him. Yes, if the creator of the universe got you, give me a good amen if you believe that today, right? <laughs> well, I, I think this verse is so powerful, and I loved when Adrienne sent it over to me as like one of her life verses, because I believe if, again, like Adrienne said, if you're in your life and you're single right now, or you're engaged, or you're married, or you've been married for a long time, kids, no kids, what I love about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, if you can throw it back on the screen, is I love where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, everything that you got, all the good, all the bad, all the confidence, all the doubts, all the questions. And then I love this, and lean not on your own understanding. I believe when I read this verse a while ago, God really centered me on that word lean. Because what happens when you lean, like I'm leaning on this chair right now, and if I lean back, that's where I'm going to fall. Like whatever direction I'm leaning is when I begin to maybe trip or have a difficult time or stumble, where I'm leaning is where I fall. So let me encourage you that if you're leaning on your own understanding, you don't want your own understanding to be where you fall when you're going through a difficult time or begin to stumble. Because you, a lot of times, we a lot of times do not know what's best in the most difficult moments of our life. But when we lean into God's wisdom and God's understanding, that's where we fall. Like when we lean into God's house, that's where we're going to fall when things get stressful and busy. When we lean into a small group in our circle, that's the community that we lean into when we begin to have questions about what God is doing in our life. When we lean into God's word in our own personal times of prayer, not because we have to, but because we get to, those are the things that begin to reiterate or repeat in our mind rather than our own negative thoughts or our own divisive voices in our life. Rather, it's the voice of God giving us wisdom and clarity and guidance. Think about that today. Where you lean is where you fall. And so I always want to fall into the person of God and Jesus because he's way better at figuring this life out than I am. And for me, my favorite verse, that has been my favorite verse for a long time, the verse that I've built my personal foundation on, it may be a little weird for you, but then I'll unpack why it's my favorite verse, is 1 Timothy 1.15, which says this, the Apostle Paul speaking to his disciple Timothy. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Now that may seem counterintuitive to what maybe the world tells us about, you know, love yourself, thinking more of yourself. Okay, I get that, but I cannot, I am not my own personal savior. I need you to understand that today. That I, the no, no amount of success and ambition and relationships and friendships will be able to save me. I have messed up in my life. I have made mistakes through my own decisions and choices. I have separated myself from the things of God. I'm the worst sinner. 
You don't wanna know what goes on in here and what's gone on in here in my 34 years of life. But thank God there is a God that isn't intimidated by what goes on in here and what goes on in here. Thank God there is, that he is not intimidated or overwhelmed by the sins that I've committed, but it's in those moments, that darkness, he says, yeah, I know you've messed up, Ryan. I know you are a mess. I know you're broken, but guess what? When I sent Jesus to save you, he covered all of that sin. He wiped it all away. He filled all that emptiness and healed all that brokenness, but I need you to remember that at one point, you were the worst sinner. You were messed up, but Jesus came to save you. I believe that is the message of the gospel for us today, not to bring you, listen, God does not bring you shame. I need you to understand that. He does not bring condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. But where we have to start today, because we're gonna speak into some intentional, specific, maybe hard to hear things about your life, is you gotta realize we are not our own saviors. Our self is not our savior. Jesus is. And when you realize that, yeah, man, I've messed up, if I were to walk through the Ten Commandments, some of us may get to like Commandment Two and be like, "Well, gotta put my hand down. I've broken that one, right?" I mean, the number, first one is don't have any other gods before me. We've all broken that one easily, yeah. myself many times. The thing is that God didn't look at that and say, "Look how bad you are." He said, "Hey, I want you to see how good I am, yeah. and I want to bring you into relationship with me." And I read this book a long time ago, and honestly, it's become a phrase that has helped me through so many difficult seasons. I'm not a mathematics person, but here's a math equation for you to write down. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Did mm-hmm. you understand the world can take away everything from me? But Jesus is my everything. So really, it's not taking anything away from me. Because if all I have is Jesus, I have all I need. And I need you to understand that's not some like superficial spiritual thing like I'm too blessed to be stressed, too anointed to be disappointed. Like, nah, no. Because <laughs> I heard that in my church growing up and I was like, you seem a little crazy and weird. <laughs> like, like, I don't know if you have a real life. But we all have real lives. We've walked through this. And if you've said that, that's okay. I mean, that's good stuff to say. Remind yourself that. But I need you to understand that Jesus plus nothing equals everything. When we focus on Jesus, man, he'll get you through it. When you lean into him and you fall into his love and hope and peace, he will get you through it. And if the only thing I can give you today is Jesus, I've given you everything. If the only thing that you receive today is Jesus, you have everything that you need. So our personal foundation is these two things. I will never have a better idea than God's way. Just hold on to that today and let that seep into your hearts. And remember that Jesus plus nothing equals everything that I need. So let's keep going, though. Let's talk about, again, again, I, I want everyone to lean into this. Just because you may be single in here does not mean that God doesn't want to show you something that can help you in the future or even, I believe, help you right now. So here is our marriage foundation that we have leaned into, and it starts from Matthew chapter 19, verse 4 through 6. I love this teaching of Jesus. It says this, first off, haven't you read the scriptures? He's talking to the religious leaders at the time. Haven't you read this stuff? Jesus replied, They record from the beginning, God made the male and female, and he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united. Circle that, underline, that's why it's bold on the screen. The two are united into one. Since they are no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Listen, God wants your current and future marriage to be as healthy as possible because it is a direct representation of the love that God has for his people through his son Jesus. That's why we have to take this marriage thing seriously and give it all the honor and respect that it's due. Doesn't mean we can't have fun with it. I mean, here's a picture from our wedding. 
in front of the Buddy Brew coffee truck, he having a good old time. Picture. Yeah, definitely. Uh, way before I, we planted a church and we had two kids, I had more hair and less gray. Uh, Adrian still looks beautiful and great. Um, but that was from our wedding. It was super fun. We had a lot of great times with it. But I got to let you know that we didn't get married to have a great wedding. We got married to have a great marriage. And, and that has taken work. I'll let Adrian speak more to that so no. that I don't get myself in trouble. <laughs> I, I, I could feel I needed to stop and lean it over to you. You just need to sit and soak in how I, that's wonderful what I'm doing. I, I'm sitting is, and soaking right now. How much you love me. <laughs> no, but we're, we're so lucky that even the wisdom that we bring to you today, we are so lucky to have elders and yes. pastors in our life yeah. that have given us so much wisdom before we got yeah. married, before we have kids, now that we're yeah. in the trenches. Yeah. It's the wild, wild west in our house sometimes, you guys. <laughs> I don't is. think you realize. Look at, look at your girl. <laughs> but <clears throat> we are so lucky to have these people pouring wisdom and always pointing us to the one. Yes. Every single time they're like, hey, it's, it's just like what Ryan was talking about this week. If this is hard, how's this doing? Yeah like every single time. So we don't claim to be up here being like, we have the best marriage. We've been married under 10 years and we know everything. <laughs> yes. No, but we know what the word of God says. Yeah. We know what God has said and we know what the wise people who have gone before us have given us. So Yeah, and I think that's a biblical thing that in your marriage you need to lean into, but even in your personal life, it's a very honored thing in biblical culture and the way God set it up. And I feel like it's a thing that our culture is hating on. Um, I, mean, I, don't really know, I, don't, I don't really know how else to say it, so if I offend some of you, I'm going to compliment you in the same vein. So you got to find some old people who you can go and sit in front of and ask questions about your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to find some people who are in their 50s and 60s who have been married for a while and been following Jesus for a while and sit down in front of them and say, like, hey, I need your help. Not run to Instagram or not run to Facebook and hear from the person who's just a year older than you what they have to say, because as much as they may be confident in it, they have no idea what they're talking about, all right? Like, I, I, we have been, like Adrian said, we've been married seven or eight years, but man, we have nothing on someone who's been married 30, 40 years. And we go sit down in front of those people and ask them questions, and that wisdom just overflows. I'm telling you, you got I'll say it this way, you gotta find some sages out there, some wise sages, not old people, some wise sages Is that like a Star Wars thing? There. No, it's not a Star Wars thing, oh, okay. it's a, but it just sounds better than old people. Uh, you gotta find some wise sages out there who can speak to you, who can save you so much heartache. By simply saying, yeah, I was right where you were, and I was as prideful as you were, and you need just to sit down and listen to me so I can protect you from some things you're going to do. That's it. And how you're going to be your own worst enemy. Yep. That's my own little soapbox. Let me go to number one on our points there that Adrian mentioned. What we build on is this idea, is that God is my one and my spouse is my two. You've seen it in movies before. You've heard it said, I'm just searching for the right one. There is no right one, okay? Here. Adrian mentioned this. What we talked about last week was my vertical relationship with God is the most important thing, and that affects and influences all my horizontal relationships. Yeah. There is only one vertical relationship that will fulfill you and complete you and be there for you at all times, and it's your vertical one relationship with the Son of God, Jesus, and your Heavenly Father, God, who is here with you today and has relationship for you much deeper than religion, and so God is my one. I love Jerry Maguire, but when he looks at his girlfriend in that movie and says, you complete me, eh, wrong, doesn't work. I love Adrian, but she does not complete me. She compliments me, but she does not complete me. Only one person completes me, and that is Jesus as my savior and very best friend. So what do we do with that? 
Well, the greatest gift of marriage, but the greatest gift that you can have in your life right now is number two, is that I'm going to seek my one with my two or while preparing for my two. Some of us think that we know better than God when it comes to seeking our relationship that we're looking for. We want to get married so bad that we are just seeking so hard, and God's just like, hey, would you just seek me, and I'll bring you someone better than you could ever find on your own. And you got to lean into that. you got to trust that because you don't want to ruin this. There is nothing, I mean, again, there is no substitute for a personal relationship with God. But there is something so powerful about when Adrian and I get together and we pray. When Adrian and I get together and we get to teach and do something like this. One of our very best friends, when he gave the toast at our wedding, oh, you can say it. I won't tell, I won't steal it. I was going to say that. Yeah, we are sit down, so I'll sit and soak tune. and listen to what you have to say. Go ahead. Now, <laughs> one of my favorite parts of our wedding is um, our friend Blake, if you ever watch this, Blake, we love you, um, <laughs> gave a blessing over us at our wedding and he was praying and he knew how devoted we were to the Lord because we had dated mm-hmm. for, for eight years in the church, serving the church. He knew how, our heart for the Lord. And I really think it was a, something prophetic that God had given him to bless us yeah. with. And he said, you two are going to do way more for the kingdom together than yeah. you ever would have been apart. Yes. Um, and it's not, he didn't say you wouldn't do anything for the kingdom by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And God uses and restores and does amazing things. But I believe that for us and for Mm -hmm. our life, God called us to complement each other. And God niched us together in such a way um, Mm -hmm. that he could use us both together for what he wanted to bring to pass, for sure. And there's been so much fruit and excitement from that. I mean, we're sitting in it today. I could not have done this, number one, without God, but honestly, without Adrian being my biggest cheerleader through it all and continues to be that. And that's what God wants to bring you, however long it may take. Listen, it's better to be patient and wait on God than try to pursue it on your own and get into something that God did not have for you in right. the first place. Because right. you're going you're gonna to spend a lot of time trying to get back there and get healthy again. But when we seek God first while preparing for my two, and then we seek him together, man, it's so great. If you're married today, I need to encourage you with this simple thing. Pray with your spouse Mm -hmm. every day. And if you miss one day, don't miss two. Pray together. It is so powerful when we get to pray together as a family. We did that sitting right here this morning with our two kids, which is funny, but it's so fruitful and it's so powerful. Let me give you a practical thing. Number three, this is something that I got from Adrian. When you think something good, say it or do it. I thought about adding or buy it to the list, if that helps you out. Uh, but when you think something good, say it or do it. Adrian has this little rule that if it takes less than 60 seconds to do, but it'll change someone's day or it'll add value to our marriage, just say it or do it. So many times in our, in our relationships and our marriages, we hold on to those good things because we're mad about the, the 99 bad things maybe they did that day. But it's like, just say the good thing. No, I don't want to. No, just say the good thing. Do the good thing. Marriage is honestly a competition in one area, and it's the area of serving each other. Again, there's no scoreboard in marriage, but there is a competition, and I want to outserve her, and she wants to outserve me because that's what we're here to do. Why? Because what did Jesus say? I did not come to be served, but to give my life as a ransom for many and to serve those around me. I think that could be one of the most practical things you could hold on to for your future marriage or marriage right now is not how can I better be served in my marriage, how can I serve better as a husband, how can I serve better as a wife today to put their needs above my own. Yeah. Honestly, let me just speak transparently. One thing that marriage has shown me and especially parenthood is how much of a selfish person I am. (laughs) How much like I just like, I I just wanna do what makes me comfortable. But that does not lead to a fruitful, fulfilling life. 
So here's some, here's some practical things for you. Uh, husbands, when it comes to pursuing your wife, pursue with affection, and wives pursue with affirmation. We're handing out a little baby handoff right there. Um, but husbands, pursue your wife with affection. Let her know how much she's loved. Let her know how much you love her and think she's beautiful and will do anything for her. And wives, pursue your husband with affirmation. Let him know he's doing a great job. It's the idea, it's like the whole book was written about it, that women want to know that they're loved, men want to know that they're respected. And it's just true. Every time that we have arguments or feel empty, it's because those buckets have been emptied and we just realize, oh, we gotta fill those up a little bit. Yeah. And that's a foundation. Husbands, begin to pursue with affection today. Bring flowers on a random day, not just Valentine's Day. They're like 10 bucks at Trader Joe's, they're beautiful, go get them, all right? Wives, pursue with affirmation. Just see your husband and let him know, hey, I know you're working hard and your family appreciates it. And that'll mean so much in the long run. That'll mean so much to each other as, again, you pursue. What does Jesus say when he says you'll be united in pursuit? It, it, the, the original Hebrew word literally means there to pursue with all effort and affection in every ounce of your being. Yeah. Because this is the most important thing. And the last one before I kick it over to Adrian to give some thoughts on that is number four is protect the priorities at any cost. This, after my relationship with God, this is the most important thing. We're about to talk about family in a second. This is more important than our kids. Why? It's old lifeguard principle. If you ever learn anything about lifeguards, they're trained to, hey, if you're saving someone who's drowning and you get pushed into the, 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 the pier, the dock, like poles, you gotta put them in front of you so you don't get hurt because then you both die. The thing is, if this is not healthy, we get messed up and our kids get messed up. Yeah. But if this is healthy, it's an overflowing into our kids. And you have to understand that. That in the order of priority when it comes to your life, it's me and God, me and Adrian, me and my kids. Yeah. And that is the way that God's aligned it. That's the way he set it up. Yeah, and quick two things of how, like, the church comes into that. One of the ways that we put that, like, we want our kids to see how, what we want them to eventually have. Yeah. And so once you reach Ryan's pro level, uh, he <laughs> sings the affection to me in yeah. our house. It is quite something. It is like a Broadway <laughs> show, but unto me. Um, but like Ryan was saying, we're here. I just want to make sure before we move on in this marriage bit, um, why it's so important for our kids to see that. Because like Ryan said, the marriage is something that models the church and yes. God's heart for the church more than anything else. That's why he created the models that he created. Because yeah. he's like, I want every part of my creation to point you back to me. Yes. I want your marriage to point you back to me. I want creation to point you back to me. And so why are Ryan and I so passionate about the local church? It's because that's God's bride. Yes. He loves her yes. like a husband loves his wife. Yes. And so we want to care for her and honor her and build her um, as much as humanly possible because we know that's what God's coming back for. Yeah. So I just wanted to put that nail on the head, too, of how much we value marriage is how much we value God's heart for his people. Yes. It all comes back to relationship with him because yeah. he's that cool. It's helping you out today, local city. Come on, give me, just give me an amen. It's helping you out today because um, I'm about to really lean in right here. Okay, so before we transition to family, I just got to speak to some things that I just felt it on my heart, and I ran it by Adrian. She was like, yeah, that's good. You should share it because sometimes she needs to be my filter. Um, I'm just so, so fired up again today about, like, I'm not going to let culture define what God has already defined. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that culture is trying to redefine is this, and it, we just can't let it happen. And one of the things I need to lean into for those of us who are husbands and fathers or want to be a husband or a father, I need to let you know 
what you're the source and voice of in your, in your marriage. And husbands, fathers, I need you to lean into this. You are the source of authority and identity in your marriage. Now, that first word, I'm sure maybe some of us were like, I don't like that. Well, it's in Scripture. And the reason we don't like it is because it has been used and abused by unhealthy leaders and men out there. Right. The thing is, what does authority mean? It is not from a sense of power. It's from a sense of position yeah. to be the example, to be humble and serve. Adrian said it. What does it say? Husbands, love your wives as Jesus loves the church. Yeah. How did Jesus love the church? By giving his life for it. Right, right, right. So where does my position of authority? It means I give my life for her and my kids. Yeah. That's my position of authority. Now, at times, yes, that does need to be in the clarity of direction and where we're going as a family. But when it came to planting this church, one of the things that we, that we committed to doing was it wasn't going to be, well, God spoke to Ryan, and he says we, sh we should do this, so I guess we should just do it. God spoke to me. I was patient and trusted the Lord, and God spoke to Adrian the same thing years later, and then we were able to step into it together. But you have to realize the authority of that and the identity. Why are so many people messed up? Because of two things, absent or abusive fathers. Because where do you get your identity? Your father telling you who you are. And if you had a bad relationship with your father, I'm sorry. I was blessed to have a good one. But every single one of us in this place can have a good relationship with our heavenly father. And what does he give you? Your identity. You're a son. You're a daughter. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I've given you life and purpose and value. You are more than a conqueror through my son Jesus who came to this earth to defeat the grave for your forgiveness and freedom. Yeah. See, we gotta give God authority and we gotta give him the authority to tell us who we are. Yeah. See, one of the things that I do with my kids all the time and Shepard's about to be five, when he's getting rambunctious and rude and crazy, one of the things we both do, but I definitely make the intention of doing is I tell them, hey, buddy, this is not who you are. Yeah. That's not who you are. You are a son. You are someone who loves and cares. It doesn't mean I'm not patient because I'm not trying to hold him to be perfect, but I am reminding him of his position and who he is. And we do this in fun ways, too, to brevity it up a little bit because I know this is heavy. Um, Adrian has done such a good job by praying and really leaning into scripture about what we should name our boys, Shepherd and Teddy. And we reinforce that with fun little things like this picture shows you. Like one is Shepherd with his little sheep and one is Teddy with his teddy bear. But all of this is to do what? To reinforce who we told them they were. Not who they think they are, but who mom and dad told them they were. And we know that is going to bring them encouragement and strength. Yeah, and just as the recipient of the father and the husband relationship, I think there's a difference. If you wanna put those two words back up there, authority is not control. Yes. Those two things are very different because where do we see authority modeled? From our heavenly father. Yes. If we had a heavenly father that tried to control us, we would resist, right? We wouldn't want a relationship with someone like that. And so I see Ryan model authority from a place, not from a place of insecurity, but from a place of security that I am the head of the household because God's given me the, the wisdom and the authority to do so, and I love you so much that I'm gonna lead you and I'm gonna keep you safe. If it was a hand of control, it would be so different, but authority and control are not the same thing. That's right, that's really good. And, and, and where I would lean into, and this is what Adrian and I talked about when it comes to wives and moms, this is your source, you're the source of authenticity and intimacy. Mm -hmm. One of the things Adrian does so well is nurture our boys mm -hmm. and care for them. Because again, I'm, I'm like dad, I'm like, okay, get up, let's go. <laughs> like, you're good, L listen. And she's like, hey, 
take a deep breath or take a break. I got it. And it's the authentically helping me understand. It's authentically helping us, helping our boys understand that this family is all about relationship. Yeah. And it reminds us who we really are that can be so transparent and clear. And see, observing Adrian as a mom has taught me so much about the authenticity of our God. Yeah. That I, just to lean into, again, like Adrian said it earlier, this, whole, this is not an equal thing. It's a complementary thing. Because I can't do what she does, and she can't do what I do. And how dare I would rob her of that by saying, well, I can do that too. I can't. I cannot be the voice and source of authenticity in our family and in our marriage because some, I'm just not wired that way. She is with the motherhood and nurturing care that she has and the intimacy of bringing that together in our family. I know this may, get, again, go against cultural norms, but it does not go against scripture foundation. And we have to understand that. And can I break down even that word nurture? I've been ruminating, not ruminating, but circling on that <laughs> word since we kind of talked about having this talk today. And I'm like, really, what is nurturing anyway? And I just began to see it's like we as mothers are gifted and really women are gifted to see something small, take it by the hand, and walk it step by step yes. into what it's meant to be. Yes, that's, that's great. what you're gifted to do. You're gifted to see it in your children. You're gifted to see it in your business. You're gifted to see it in other people. You see something, the potential that God has created. Yes. Hey, son, God has created my shepherd. If you know him, you are created <laughs> to be a leader, not a follower. Yes. You're yes. created to hold passion and joy. Yeah. And so I'm going to take that by the hand because it's wild right now. And I'm gonna walk with you every step. I'm gonna yeah. give you wisdom. I'm gonna help you nurture that thing until it is grown, until it is powerful, until it is walking in the authority that it was always meant yes. to have. So I don't care if, if it's children or if it's someone else, maybe it's an idea for, for a business that you see this small thing, you see the seed. Yeah. What is a farmer? A nurturer. What's a CEO? A nurturer. Yeah. They see something small, yeah. take it by the hand, partner with the Lord, and walk it into what it was always meant to be, and that's what we're gifted to do. Like nobody else, we see the small, yes. and we see, we see the stages. It's not black and white. We see every spectrum on its way to where it's meant to be. That's great. Come on, let's give it up for that. It's great. I'm, re I'm receiving now. I am sitting and soaking, as we said. Um, and, I, and again, she's such a beautiful example of this. Yesterday, uh, she had her mom circle, uh, which you should definitely be in if you're a mom, because she will bless you and lead you. Again, I, don't, I, I can't lead that. It's a mom circle. So the thing is, though, is I was with Shepard all day, having a dad day. We did some shopping and all that. And we got home, and as soon as Adrian got home with Teddy, Shepard, like, totally turned into a different person. <laughs> like, just started kind of going crazy and not listening. And we could not figure it out why. I was asking, what's wrong, buddy? What happened? And just not listening, running around, being destructive. And Adrian said, hey, hey Shepard, why don't we go to the park? And so she took him to the park and sat him down and said, hey, what's going on? And she said, were you really upset that you didn't get to spend a lot of the day with mommy and you just realized that? And he, yeah. And like, that's the beauty of what we get to do together. That's the beauty of why these things are true and why what scripture says is best. Because as we go into the family foundation, here's what Jesus says in Matthew 7, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Yeah. Just got to tell you, everything that you may see in mainstream looks beautiful, but it's built on sand. And what God has said is to build it on the rock, which cannot be shaken when storms and wind and yeah, difficulties yeah, yeah. come in. It will not be shaken. It will not be destroyed. Wow, that's crazy. 
We just started renovating our bathroom, which if you ever want to have marital counseling 24-7 in your Share home, renovation, renovate a bathroom in your house. Uh, and one of, the, one of the things I loved was that they stripped out everything, they demoed the whole bathroom, and then like the contractor was like this. Oh, it's got a good foundation, good floor. It's like, oh, thank God. It's an 80-year-old house. I was worried that he was going to do that and fall through the floor from, like, mold and stuff, right? But through the process, we had to realize that the end goal was getting this thing beautiful and looking good, but it was a difficult process, okay? I, just let you know, when it comes to people who are professionals, I just turn to them. And when you're spending a lot of money on a big thing like this, whatever the contractor says is like gospel for me. So when Adrian's like, I've picked out these beautiful tiles. Y'all, we this, went 10 uh, rounds with the tile. <laughs> this okay. beautiful tile, this beautiful shower. And I would bring it to the contractor and be like, I don't know. All right, we, Adrian, we can't do it. All right, he said, no, it's, gonna, it's too much time. It's not going to work. It's going to break. Nurture. And so we went, to, we went to floor and decor to have a good time. Can I tell you, it was like hell on earth walking through that place because Adrian would find something, and I'd be like, uh, and then I would send, him, send the contractor a picture. He'd be like, I don't think that's going to last you a long time. It was just difficult and hard. But hey, the bathroom is looking great now, some humility on each side, some letting go, some compromises. Why do I say all this? Because when you wanna get something beautiful done and renovated, maybe it even is your marriage right now, not your house, but your marriage or your relationships, it's gonna take some time where it's awkward. It's gonna take some time where you gotta compromise, where you gotta let go, where you gotta serve the other one. But as Jesus has said, that is the solid rock you're building everything on. And so we wanna hit these kind of quick today, but the first one is kind of self-explanatory. What is our family foundation? What do we build on? That we've surrendered our lives and our family to Jesus and his word. Shepard and Teddy are our kids, but they're also not our kids because it was God who gave them life. We did what you do as husband and wife to make a kid, but it was God who gave us, gave them life, who breathed life into them. And we have to lean into that and understand it. That when we are, when we look at, when you look at your life as an owner, when you look at your marriage as an owner, or your kids as an owner, you'll be frustrated. But when you look at your relationships and your kids as a steward of God's given me this, and I'm just going to steward it well and surrender it back to him, man, it begins to make way more sense yeah. and begins to flow a lot better and is built again on that rock foundation. The reason that we can build our life is only because we've already said, Jesus, we're not ours, we're yours. And our family is not ours, it's yours. We've surrendered everything at the very beginning of it all to not only Jesus, but what he has said. And the second thing is a little more practical and we'll kind of unpack this one. And number two is that as our family foundation, we will, and I've kind of hit on this before, we will be the clearest and most consistent voices in our kids' lives. We may sound old right now or a little bit outdated by what we're about to say, but it's okay. Shepard and Teddy will not receive a smartphone until they're 18 years old. Why? Because we will be the clearest and most consistent voices in our kids' lives. Will it embarrass them a little? Maybe. But the amount of embarrassment they may go under will not, is not worth the pain they may go under because of the effect and anxiety and pressure that having that does to them. Just study it, parents. You wanna know when anxiety skyrocketed and depression skyrocketed in teenagers and kids? It's when Instagram became the end-all, be-all of culture. It's when the selfie became a sign of beauty and perfection and performance. We're not letting our kid do that because guess what? Those things aren't raising our kids. We are. And my son's gonna have the old little jitterbug phone my grandma had that could call two numbers and maybe text and was a big old flip phone that he could never break. That's what he's gonna have. And listen, it's more important for us to protect his identity 
than for him to be like everyone else because he's not called to be like everyone else. He's called to trust and follow Jesus. And I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm just saying that's what we're going to do because it's worth it to be the clearest and most consistent voice in our kids' lives. And we're not naive enough to know that, oh, yeah, we're just going to make that choice. It's going to be great. Like, we know that it's going to be a battle. (laughs) Yeah. We know that there's going to be many, many times we're just like, give him this whatever phone, okay? Because yeah. he's going to probably scream at us and whatever. Yeah. And that's that's kind of a word to your entire Christian walk. Sometimes yes. you're going to have to, before you even get there, decide right yeah. now your yes and your no. Yeah. Scripture says that your yay be yay and your nay be nay. Like, this is what it's going to be. I know it's going to be hard. Yeah. I know that I'm giving up something good for something great. Yeah. Like even even right now, I could be serving up on the platform more, but right now I'm sewing into my children. Yeah. I'm kind of taking a pause on something really good because I know that right now I'm called to something great. Yes. And that's that. So we're, we're not naive enough to know that this is a simple choice. Yeah. It's like, you know, kind of parents are like, we're never going to do screen time. And I'm like, <laughs> have two children. You're going to give them <laughs> Miss Rachel. Yeah. Um, but... We, we've made the decision now, yeah. and we're going to put our feet down, partner with the Lord, and get through it because we know it's what's best. Yes. God always wants what's best. We always get so fixated on what's cool and what's good and what feels good, but God says, no, I have what's best. Yes. And so we've made that decision now, and you'll make that decision a thousand times in your walk with the Lord. We, I'm going to decide right now to yeah. submit to what God's telling me to do, no matter how hard it gets. That's right. I mean, I'll, I'll lean back. It's a silly quote, but it's what Dumbledore says in Harry Potter. Oh. People will either do what is easy or what is right. Not what's easy and what's wrong, but what, what's easy and what is right are actually what's at odds. Yeah. And you can do what's easy in your, in your family, in your relationships, in your personal life, or you can do what is right. And for us, we just want to be the clearest and most consistent. And let me hit this for 30 seconds, especially to my fathers out there who have sons. Just to speak on a touchy subject, when we were growing up, it was hard to find the thing that will destroy your life when it comes to pornography and things like that. Now it finds you. And I'm, I am going to protect my son from that at any cost if I can. Because I've struggled with that, and I know I've seen it destroy people's lives and destroy marriages and destroy families. So why on earth would I hand him a tool that gives him such easy access to that? Right. Why, don't I, why don't I, as his source of identity, tell him, no, buddy, this is more important for you. To yeah. not have this, because I know what comes in it. That's we can it. give it up for that, because it's yeah. from God, not from me. Let's lighten it up a little bit. Number three, this is why we can do all this heavy stuff, is because we laugh a lot, we lead with kindness, and we love Jesus. Have some fun in your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laugh. Go on a date where you just laugh and have a good time. Lead with kindness. That's what I tell Shepard every single day when he walks into his classroom. Hey, buddy, remember, lead with kindness today. And he knows it so well, he tells me all the kids who don't. And I love hearing it. He's like, this kid is not leading with kindness, Daddy. And, uh, and I know, I know. So, yeah, remember that when you come home. And then love Jesus. Just gotta, honestly, today, it was a little bit more frustrating, but we have a prayer meeting for five minutes, like five minutes focused prayer every, every Sunday morning. And, uh, and today, we were, Adrian got here early because we were doing this, and I just walked around with Shepherd, and we lay, just so you know, we lay hands on every single seat to let you know that we prayed for you and we're wel- welcomed you. And I walked around with Shepherd, and he laid his hand on, laid his hand on every seat with me. Now, he was kind of like, look at this. Don't, don't forget that seat, Daddy, or this seat over here. But it was fun. And I'm teaching him what loving Jesus looks like. Yeah. Because if, I, if we can leave you with anything today as we close, it's number four. Keeping our family planted in church so we could be grounded and flourish is a non-negotiable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is where you raise your family. Because right. I'll, you, I'll give you a reason why. This is, and this speaks to us as humans, but also, parents, what will happen in your kid's life. Um, one of the best things my parents did was realize 
when I was going through my teenage years, teenage years they, need a health, they needed a healthy village for their kids to grow. And here's my story I always use to prove that point, uh, especially it hits well with our, with our Tampa Bay sports history. So I'm sure you've heard of Tony Dungy, famous Hall of Fame coach from the Bucks, now commentates on NBC Sports. He has this story that I read in one of his books where every morning he would get in this fight with his son because he would tell him, Hey, buddy, you got to have breakfast before you go because it's a long day. You're going to get tired with practice at the end. You're going to lose your energy. And he would say, no, 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 Dad, I'm good. i got to get out of the house. i got to go. I'm late. So I'm just telling you. And so he would have that conversation with him every single day. Hey, son, you got to have a big breakfast. you got football practice after, after school. You're going to lose energy. You need strength. And he, days and days went on. Then one morning, Tony Dungy wakes up and goes down to the kitchen, and his son is in the kitchen cooking eggs and bacon and all this stuff. And he's like, what's going on? And he's like, well, Dad, coach told me that I needed to have a big breakfast, that I don't lose energy and strength during practice. You gotta understand, parents, at some point you gotta let go and let the house of God be the voice of God in your kids' lives. Because again, as we go through with teenagers, and I know, we don't go through as adults, no, we do go through it as adults. But we just need some people around us that say, hey, this is what you need to do. This is the wisdom. We need a, a wise sage or a close friend to say, hey, here's what you need to do. And it'll speak because it's a fresh voice, because it's a new voice. And today as we close, I just want to lean into this verse today. Psalm 68, 5 through 6. It's that God, look at how much family language we have in this verse. That God is a father to the fatherless, a defender of the widows. This is God, whose dwelling is holy. And God places the lonely in families. And he sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. That's what the family of God is all about. That's what our families and marriages and even your personal life can be because we've realized God is our father. He's a defender of us when we've lost everything like a widow does. Why? Because this is God whose dwelling is holy, which is where we're at right now. God places the lonely in families and he sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. I want you to know God wants to place you in a family today. He wants to prepare you for your future family. He wants to set you free. and He wants to give you joy. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today? Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.